What's up, friends? It's Tuesday night. Time for our live stream. We are in the middle of a series called Long Story Short. Uh, long, oh my gosh, that was a year ago. Less, less hurry, more margin. What? This is live, people. What am I thinking? Morgan's laughing at me. You just can't tell. Anyway, let me let me get this introduction going. My goodness. My name's Adam. I love being one of the pastors at our church. I was just telling Morgan, it's uh, extremely cool when uh, your job doesn't feel like a job. And spending Tuesday nights with you all is a big part of that. So thank you for joining us. And I want to bring on my awesome co-host, my neighbor, uh, a somewhat new, although it's been a couple months, mother of two, uh, a big sports fan. We'll talk a little bit about that tonight. Morgan Ryan. Hello. Good to see you again, friend. Good to see you. Saying hello. Sarah, Carol, good to see you all. Glad you're with us. As we get rolling here, we got an opening question. So friends on Facebook, we'd love for you to, uh, to chime in and let us know, what is something you collected in your lifetime? Morgan, <laughs> what kind of collector are you? So I didn't collect Beanie Babies like we saw that you did, um, although I did those, have quite a few. <laughs> those may or may not have been mine. I won't reveal my source. Oh, okay. Hmm. We'll, we'll find out eventually. Um, I actually used to collect Captain America things and it didn't matter. You didn't know that about me, did you? I did. Um, I think it's, I, I celebrate it. <laughs> um, it didn't matter what it was. Um, my mom called my collection like a shrine because I had a lot of it on display in my apartment in college. Um, which most people didn't expect from me because I don't tend to show that nerdy side of myself in public too often. I'm a huge Marvel fan though. And so I had everything Captain America from like busts to, um, I don't know, kitchenware, like shields, masks, clothing, all of the things. Um, so that was my, that was a big big thing for me and it's currently all in a box in my basement so yep. just waiting to be unearthed yeah like Captain America's shield at one point see the I have a couple <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh I have a couple we got uh Sarah saying happy pre-snow Tuesday evening yeah we yes. just from uh from the school district Christy we're glad you're with us thank you so much uh folks let us know what is something you collected in your lifetime I could think of a few things. I went through a Pez dispenser phase. Um, that didn't last real long. I did the Pogs like in late elementary school. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers those. Those were those little circle cardboard things and you played a game with them. And if you turned them over, you got them. And that was a, that was a thing at one point. Um, in my adulthood... Uh, I so I will reveal my nerdiness. Uh, I collected. There's this game called Star Wars Destiny, and it had cards and it had dice with it, and it was like a game you played against another person. Super fun. So I have a massive collect. I have like two bins of like dice just in my basement. Um, now those haven't sat dormant for too long. Now that my son is a little older. We'll uh, we'll hopefully dust those off someday soon, but yeah, it was pretty. Um, it's an extensive collection. I'll just put it. <laughs> even just talking about this, you're making me think of more things that I collected. Because I asked Ooh, my mom the yes. other day, what what have I collected? Because I I was struggling to think of things because I've never been super focused on 
one thing, but I collected poker chips um, from Harley Davidson dealerships from all over the country. That's cool. Super random and weird thing, but anytime someone would travel, I would ask them to, if there was a Harley dealership, to get me a poker chip. Pick one up. And I think they're sitting in a drawer. I'm not sure. <laughs> so. Well, and see, this is the kind of stuff we learned. Christy right? went to the National Pez Really? That's I'd so cool. To, yeah, we want to hear more about that. Would love more comments on that. Oh, we got, let's see. I've So someone from church, I've collected coffee mugs over the years, especially the ones with the city and state zone from Starbucks. I like that a lot. So uh friend on our, uh, with a clearly admin password on our page, reveal thyself. Let's see, is that Keith maybe? <laughs> Keith or Mitch? I know it's not Christy. We'll see. Or maybe it was if she switched. Anyways, let us know. Thanks for, thanks for chiming in. Um, I think so I, we I accidentally collect coffee cups. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, in college, I accidentally collected parking tickets also. Oh, um, oh. Yeah. So sometimes, oh, she says not her. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. Uh, it's not a big deal. I just want to know who we can thank for being here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, accidental collections. I like that a lot. Uh, one sock without the matching one is it would be another one in that category, right? Mm. Um, so uh, that's kind of our entryway into some of what we talked about on Sunday. And we kind of cast some of what Jesus is guarding us against as the collector's mindset, right? When you could never have enough. So when was a time, uh, Morgan, that, uh, you know, maybe beyond the pogs or um, right. Captain America gear, when was a time that, that we could never have enough? And friends on Facebook, we'd love to hear from you too. So this kind of goes to uh, your chief stuff that you shared with us the other day. Um, a few years ago when the Royals were really hot and you all remember that, it was ex an exciting time. Um, I felt the need to collect shirts from um, every title that we won and I needed all the shirts and I needed any shirt I could find basically that was Royals um, and it became a problem. Um, mm. I spent way too much money and, um, but I just, I, I felt like I needed them all. And I think my justification was that like, I wanted to have these things down the road to remember and to share. And mm -hmm. so I was, I was justifying it to myself, yeah. but I just, I couldn't get enough of it. I had to have it all. So. Thank you so much. I was thinking about this too, somewhat still sports related. Uh, for me, it was when I was in college, uh, I got super into disc golf. I don't know if you've ever played that. Um, very fun. And as opposed to traditional golf or some would say real golf, I would not. Uh, original golf, maybe. Uh, it's super cheap, right? You play in parks for free. But these discs you get are like somewhere between maybe 8 and $15 a piece. Okay. And even though I was in college on an extremely fixed income, uh, oh, man, I just went nuts for them. And I bought like a little bag that held like 15 of them. And, you know, there was ones that like turned left or maybe like dip a little bit or turn right or all sorts of stuff. And I was never good enough to like actually take advantage of what they would do. But, you right. know, they're or, you know, the Valkyrie or, you know, they're like these super cool names and these really intimidating <laughs> pictures on them. And I was like, oh, I've got to get one of those. So that was my, I can't have enough, even though I couldn't really afford it. 
and right. also uh, I wasn't good enough to really even use them. So that was two strikes against me. But I remember just being 19 years old, like, oh, I got to get more discs. Um, so that that was one for me. Now these are I these are. Thinking. Go ahead. I always thought you just used a frisbee. <laughs> well, yeah. Now most most people <laughs> probably more disc golf talking tonight. Most folks, the amateurs among us, including myself. Can probably get away with what's called a driver it's a real they're skinnier than a traditional frisbee and folks can throw them a long ways and then there's a you can you can actually get a putter which is thicker because you don't have to throw it as far right and it'll kind of they're a little stickier to stick to the uh to the hall uh okay. to the hole excuse me i said hall because shauna says uh that she uh, that chocolate she can never have enough she has a shelf in her pantry just for chocolate I will eat it, but I can never have enough X. So that's what we call a consumable, right? So like t-shirts or disc golf, at least they stick around chocolate. Once you eat it, it's gone. You got to get more. Yeah. I'm coming over. <laughs> that's right. You're uh, I hope you're stocked up for the next few days Anna, because uh, you're going to be inside with them kids or somebody is very good. Very good. Um, yeah. And, and I think, you know, some of this, whether it's in a sermon or online, like, there's a certain threshold of things we're willing to share together in a forum like this. Right. But if, if, if we take it a little deeper, a little more serious, um, uh, consumables that, that we can never get enough of might be alcohol or, um, maybe a prescription drug that, that we use, or, I mean, Definitely. make a list thing, you know, that a lot of people still struggle with of not right. having enough. I, and, and I love the, the thought about something that's consumed and then goes away as opposed to an item that we hold on to. No, we didn't talk much about that Sunday. Um, for some people it might be, you know, gambling. Um, you can never get enough of the thrill and you're always one better way from making it all back. Or um, we'll talk about this in a little bit of, um, I, mean, I, I mean, this is just, this is just what I happen to have on my dining room table. <laughs> like books, um, I've, I've, I guess I've got a confession. This is this is a little. I don't want to be too long winded, but I told Morgan right before we jumped on. Here's how you know you probably need to reprioritize, which we'll we'll get into. I ordered a book for a friend today, one of our leaders at church. I was going to get him a Eugene Peterson book, and I ordered it. And then I saw on Amazon this other title, and I thought, oh man, that looks really good. I need to order that. And I had it in my cart. And then I realized I had ordered it in August. I checked my orders. That's how you're rich, man. That's how you got too many barns when you can't even keep track of the books you got. So this comes in a lot of forms. And I guess I'm rattling on here. Morgan's the co-host we want to hear from. But uh, if you're out there, I would just encourage you that um, this is something that can be really easily susceptible to fall into. And even good things like books for your sermons. Here's one I'm using on Sunday. We'll talk about. These are all good things. And yet I got I to gotta keep an eye on how much I'm just consuming them uh, to the point where I forget that I own them. That's probably something, something I'm missing somewhere. <laughs> Debbie says that she either collects or can never have enough cowbells. I appreciate that. I did not know that. I like it. What, oh, more, I got a fever and the only cure is more cowbell. I know oh. where she's going. Is that where we're going? Okay. Well, thanks for thanks for bringing us up to the surface here. I was I was <laughs> um, 
us to a darker place. So the, the scripture we read on Sunday uh, was from the book of Luke, chapter 12. And uh, we'll start with verses 13 through 15. Jesus said, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to invite divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And so this is one of the times Jesus teaches about money. Um, and what I'd love to kind of get into a little bit is why are Jesus' teachings around money so hard? Morgan, uh, I, know, I don't want to give too much away, but I know you did a little prep work here. So why don't you take it away, friend? I did a little bit. Um, I just decided to go ahead and dive in, and I Googled um, all of the different verses in the Bible where it talks about um, money, but not necessarily money specifically, um, wealth and abundance, like as mm. a whole, um, mm. and just how, you know, it is, it's our job as followers to share when there's an abundance. Um, um, one of the things I wrote down, sorry, I'm reading off of this, um, from mm -hmm. Luke chapter three, um, verse 10 and 11. And the crowds asked him, what then shall we do? And he answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. Um, it's hard. I think we always think that we are going to run out or not have enough. Um, we're fearful. And it goes back to the anxiety that we talked about last week. We have, you know, all these fears of things that haven't even happened yet. Um, we're afraid that something's going to run out or, you know, like you were afraid that your chief shirt from, you know, the Super Bowl is going to get worn out. So you had to have a backup, but, um, that's not, you know, we're not supposed to worry about those things. If we, um, share our abundance and our wealth with others, then we will be taken care of. You know, Jesus will provide for us, um, if we help provide for others, and that's something, though, that's hard. You know, you don't want to go without. You don't, mm -hmm. you know. So just our, and our society tells us we need more of everything. We need this. If everything's shiny and new and right. money, money, money. So. Man, I, so I, I should have thought, thought, thought more in advance. You could be preaching this next week, my friend. Thank you. No. No. <laughs> I, yeah, you're, 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 I've uh, drugged you out enough with this thing. Yeah, I think the other thing that makes money so difficult is, you know, a lot of Jesus' teachings about the spiritual life are somewhat nebulous, right? Like it's hard to measure some of the fruit of the spirit that we, that we see. Uh, but when it comes to money, like you can, like when Jesus says, he says this in verse in chapter 12, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also mm -hmm. like you can make a chart where your treasure goes. So it's, it's hard to measure joy, hard yeah. to measure forgiveness. Uh, you know, again, I'm not saying it's totally nebulous, but I mean, it's hard to put on a spreadsheet. Very easy to put money on a spreadsheet. Very. Right. Bank of America, you can do that through their app. They'll just boop, 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 boop. And it'll spend 15% of my income on quick trip tea or something. Like we we can know that. Right. So that's why that's part of the reason why I think we don't like it is because it is so uh empirical. 
unlike a lot of other things. So that's my thought. Amy's got a good thought. Let's see here. She says, oof, <laughs> oof. For me, I think these teachings are so hard because it's almost like they go against what society tells us. Come on now. We're told from an early age that money equals success and that the more money you have, the more well-off you are. I think this mindset is what makes these teachings so hard for me by humbling me down to not be greedy and not see money as the only form of success, which is hard. It all goes, it goes the main, against the mainstream grain, but it's a lesson I think we all need a reminder on. Getting into some good stuff here on the live stream. Thank Amy, you. Amy, in this, in this book um, that we read and we're kind of talking about, um, he basically says that that's the gospel of America. Um, <laughs> that, you know, we, we think that we need this, um, status, um, and income level. Um, but none of that life is what we really need to have, you know, the life with, with Jesus. Um, the gospel makes the exact opposite claim of what society is telling us is, is what the book says, basically. Um, you know, we think society tells us that we need to trade in our car to get a newer model. Like, oh, your Tesla's outdated. Time to get a new one. I don't really, I'm not a Tesla person, but, um, like really, <laughs> but really none of, none of that is what matters, but yeah. every single day society is telling us that's what does matter. We need the newest iPhone or whatever the T-Mobile commercial said, you know, um, but if we just listen to Jesus, we don't need any of that. That's that's not what we need. We need more of him. So, yeah. This is excellent. And I think, yeah, part of like what we read later in, in verse 12 is seek first God's kingdom, seek more of Jesus, and then all that other stuff will fall in line where it should. Right. Um, yeah, this is excellent. Because there, there's, you know, there was versions of um, early Christianity that um, – I believe, let's see if I can dig back and use a fancy word. Um, there were some Christians who thought that like asceticism uh, or the rejection of material things uh, was the most faithful way to follow Jesus. And uh, people had varying thoughts around that. But yeah, there's versions of Christianity that would say, oh, you don't even really need the basic things that most people would assume you do. Um, so yeah, this has been a, a thread of... of I don't know if controversy is the right word, but it's certainly a discussion among Christians since very, very early on. Um, those communities where they found uh, the Qumran scroll, scrolls, those those were folks who lived out in the desert and like rejected most material things. Uh, monks, same thing, renouncing a lot of trapping modern uh, the or the Mennonites, right? Uh, in how they dress and keeping it simple and kind of locking locking it into this this one mode. So lots of people have lots of different responses to this question. And uh, I think that's part of what makes it so interesting. Oh, guess who's up on the stream? My mama. She says, kingdom values always turn worldly things upside down. Very nice. It's like, wait, I smell a pastor. I smell a pastor. <laughs> chiming in. That's exactly right. It's counterintuitive. That's what Amy was saying. Um, that's what Morgan said. And, and that's what mom said too. This is great. Great discussion, and thanks for your uh, thanks for your research, Morgan. Mm -hmm. Very nice. It's a little ironic when you and I have multiple chiefs and royal shirts to read about multiple tunics, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next verse. Let's read from verses uh, <laughs> 16, 
16 through 21. Oh, mom said, caught me. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, we, we need to get Ashley up on here. Actually, we should do next week for our big finale. We should have both our moms on with our us. Our moms join? <laughs> Let's think about it. You would be like, everybody and their mom up on the screen. Up on the screen. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Okay, here we go. So this is verses 16 through 21 of chapter 12. Then he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Toward God. Oh, mom said she's in for the mom episode. Ah, so yes. Now we got to do it. Okay, it's going to happen. Um, okay, back to this like harrowing story. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. So... How can we avoid uh, what I what I coined somewhat independently, double barn moments? How how can we avoid the mistake that this guy made? What do you think, Facebook folks? Let us know what y'all think too. Um, I think that we can avoid double barn moments um, by it's not we don't have to um, Marie Kondo it and just you know go bare minimum like i can you say a little more about that in case folks don't know what that is thanks for letting me interrupt you <laughs> um i don't really know a whole lot about her because i'm not i'm not into that <laughs> um but she's just about living very simplistically and only having things that right it, it has to give you bring you joy or be useful yep. or you can't have it or i don't really know all the the ins and outs of it but we don't I don't think you have to go to that extreme. I think that that is very um, one side, but um, you know, when you, when you have, when you are able to give, give, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we don't need to have storage units full of things that we're never going to touch and basements full of tubs and totes and things, you know, there are so many people that are struggling and, we could help them so easily by just giving what we have an, ex- an excess of. It's it's not anything too complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I have two kiddos. Anytime my kids are done using something, I don't I don't care to make a buck off of it. I will ask people I know. Do you could you use this? Would you like to have this? You know, it's just if that's something I can do to help another family. Then I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, just don't, we don't, we just, I don't, we don't need to have all of these, these possessions and, um, money and you can't take it with you when you die. That's, I mean, yep. so, and, and, it, uh, and I think part of why that's so hard is the real answer to this question. You just said it, it has to deal with mortality. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of rather think that, you know what, maybe I can, or at right. least I'm going to behave that way. Um, Sarah said, the large amount of grain is not the bad thing. The bad thing is that the guy is not sharing. You don't need double barns when you share. Right. Uh, excellent. I think um, 
you know, again, this is a parable Jesus told to, to illustrate these principles. Um, I, I think one mistake, another mistake the guy made is to assume that the same thing wouldn't happen the year after that. Right. So like he's, he's assuming that maybe this is one and done. Uh, that was something I thought about in between Sunday. Like he and didn't have the faith that it would happen again. That's right. That's right. Oh, get better, better hoard it while I can. Right. I mean, and we think, oh, how selfish. But, you know, uh, when toilet paper shortage was on two years ago, mm-hmm. you know, that, that mindset's easy to slip into. Uh, Christy oh, said uh, that we can have an accountability partner. Uh, so her husband and uh, her check each other. That's excellent. That's uh, a, a great marriage situation set up there. But sometimes easier said than done. Um, yeah, I've got a buddy or two that I'll call if I'm if I'm thinking about some wild purchase. Uh, in, in addition to Sarah, and it's nice to have folks that'll you need people in your life that'll tell you no, right? And that's for part sure. of what this, this barn guy didn't have anybody doing that for him. Uh, Chrissy said she, there's going to be a Mario Kondo post tomorrow on the church Facebook page. Yes, and I think that in Comer's book. He also, he talks about, he uses that same phrase. And I think he, he references Marie Kondo. I think he does too. I'm just not sure where it is. It's, uh, it's, it's in the section on, uh, starting on page 177. I think it's after page 200. Anyway, it's, <laughs> I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's super, um, super engaging, uh, video content to watch me and Morgan. Look oh, through I got it. it. Yeah. What page. Uh, 201, I think, is where he talking about decluttering and. Yep, there it is. Footnote number 43. Anything does not spark joy. Um, yep. yeah, if, if it doesn't, why, why are we holding on to things that don't even really resonate with us? Uh, why, why do that? And so, in his book, he's got several, um, he's got several, several suggestions like 14 or so kind of under the umbrella of simplicity we hit on a few of those sunday um but morgan is there anything that we uh anything more from that chapter from the book that we that we could add anything that he suggests for us to avoid Um, these double barn moments well so he he lists yeah 12 things that are just you know um revolting against materialism and, you know, recognize the propaganda in the the media and advertising and things, which we all know, but it's, right. we just, we easily slip into those things too. Like, Ooh, that's bright and shiny. I should go get yeah. it. Um, also appreciating how things are created. I think kind of our society, especially since COVID has kind of gotten that direction anyways, as far mm. as like supporting small businesses and, um, you know, people who are creating things locally. I think we've we've gotten really good as a whole about um, going that direction, which I think has been good for a lot of people. Um, another thing he says that he talks about is I- identity and your possessions becoming your identity. Yeah. Um, so as far as the double barn, I think, um, you know, m- maybe sometimes we feel like people see us based on what we have. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, if I have all of these things, people are going to look at me a certain way and think that I'm up here or whatever. But aren't people going to look at you better if you're 
you're sharing and doing good for others as well. Mm -hmm. And not just hoarding all of those things to yourself mm -hmm. is kind of a different way to look at that. So, yeah, that's good. And, and I think that appeal to our image and wanting to be seen a certain way, you can even see that in advertising. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was little, like there was a cheer commercial and I think it was like cheer um, laundry detergent. Right. And it was, I don't know if you've ever seen this. It was like this Butler dude and he'd kind of wash one thing and the other guys. Mm -hmm. And it was about, Hey, our product performs better than the other one. Right. But fast forward. Do you remember like the Apple and I'm, I'm an Apple and I'm a Mac or I'm a PC and I'm a Mac commercials. Like the, the Justin, what's his face guy was real cool. And he was kind of poking fun at the dorky looking, uh, Microsoft dude, the PC guy. Yeah. Well, the insinuation there, it's not about the commercial wasn't even about performance. It was about image. Hey, right. you want to be this old busted dusty PC, like you know, boomer. Okay, boomer. Or do you want to be cool like Justin? Right. Well, I want to be cool. Right. So again, it it's it it they all are sort of interrelated that we want to form our identity by our stuff. And and part of the propaganda we're fed is is playing on that. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you know, <laughs> I feel kind of, I sound like a grumpy old person, old man talking about all these advertisers, but it really is like insidious, man. And it's subtle. That's what makes it difficult. Right. Um, what else from the book? Sorry, I, I went off on. on a no, you're good. Um, there's another thing I have starred from the book and it also just kind of goes off something you said um, on Sunday. And it's not even so much about the double barn. It's more about um, simplifying our lives and prioritizing. Prioritizing mm -hmm. was a big thing. Um, and you brought up Steve Jobs and how, you know, like he he did all these great things. Oh, was that the next question? You're, you segue beautifully. You keep going. Um, Do it. Do it. He, um, he, you know, was, he was a pioneer and he, he did all these amazing things and our world and technology has come so far because of him. But at what cost? You know, he wrote that book because he wanted his children to know him because they didn't, because he was a very absent father, because he was chasing these dreams. Um, and the author says, um, the carrot dangling in front of our nose is attached to a stick. So we're always chasing something. Um, but, you know, where where are we going and what are we missing because of that? So, um Right now, like Tom Brady is a hot topic and mm. I am not a Tom Brady fan. I'm really glad that he's retiring. Um, but I'm glad for him that he's retiring because he has lived this life and he's done all these great things. But how much of his family's life has he missed out on and his children? Yeah. Um, and that's prioritizing those things like. You know, football was important, but what's more important than that? Like you get to a point that prioritizing becomes, and it's hard. It's very hard. Yep. Well, and, you know, he's going, gosh, so here's a testament to our Christian faith. Here we are praising Tom Brady, breaking my heart since I was 18 years old. But, you know, here's a dude, he's not going out with a sputter. He he had the most yards, the most touchdowns in like in the whole league, and he's 44. He right. can't go do it again. But to your point, he's choosing to shuffle his priorities, and, and that should be commended. And, and I think 
Um, yeah, the question is, how can we prioritize not just our well-being or um, family time, but to Comer's point, how and, and that's to Comer's point, how can we prioritize our relationship with God? Mm-hmm. And if if you actually if you read the book, which is excellent, what we're trying to do in the series is really look at the spiritual root of why we're hurried. And in this week, it was it was about idolatry when we put something else in in God's place. And right. so, what are some ways that we can prioritize? And and you know, part of the reason I thought you would be an excellent addition to our to our live stream, Morgan, is is that you've recently done some reprioritization. So I didn't know if you wanted to share a little yeah. bit about that. We've we've talked about that. Um. So I was struggling with postpartum after having my second kiddo and going back to work, and mine didn't even it. it my changes that I made didn't even so much start with me wanting to, or even knowing that I needed to prioritize my relationship with Jesus, but it started with knowing that I needed to prioritize my family and myself over my work. Um, so I quit my job and I was then able to, um, join a Bible study, which again, I didn't know that I needed. I think I was looking more for community at that point, but I didn't just find the community. I found sisters that have helped me grow my faith and make God a priority. Um, I read my Bible like I'm supposed to now, and I'm doing this book with you. And um, I realized that I wasn't I wasn't making my relationship with Jesus a priority um, before that because I was so focused on other things. Um, and it's not even that I, I didn't bring my work home with me, but I just brought so much stress home that I didn't, all of that took over my life. Um, so now I feel like I am prioritizing the things that matter most, my relationship with Jesus, my family, myself, and my health over anything else. And that I realize is extremely important. So, um, it's hard sometimes our priorities get really out of whack and especially when we're chasing goals and dreams it's really easy to get caught up in those things and make them the top priority over everything else man thank you so much for sharing uh it takes guts to talk about what's really going on so we appreciate you i just want to help someone else that's my that's my goal here that's so right. well I'm, I'm confident that that's what's going to be happening um is there anything else uh, friends on Facebook, have we have we left in, uh, you know a corner un, un, unexplored? Is there anything else from the book that you'd recommend, Morgan? What do you think? I I don't know. This week really was just about idolatry and and um, prioritizing, and I think I think we got that. Just watch out for watch out for advertisements. Yeah. They're they're tricky. And that, I think that does a lot to us. So. Yep. And make sure you don't order the same book twice on Amazon. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) Well, I I so appreciate, like I said, you sharing your story. Um, I do think, I mean, I've heard the analogy, like um, do fish know they're swimming in water their whole life? Like it's just kind of, and I think it's almost like we've got to be awakened to the subtle, but sinister, message being being fed to us all the time and and it's like what uh 
what Amy was saying earlier, what mom was saying earlier, my mom, sorry, that if we're going to do this, we're going to go against the grain. Mm-hmm. going to be the opposite of what we're hearing. And it's going to be hard. So like when Jesus says, carry your cross and follow me, this is part of that. And that's why I thought it was important on Sunday. Now, things like Chiefs gear or Beanie Babies, again, they're within the threshold that's not cringy to hear me describe. But I think one of the things I, I guess I'd lift up as we leave is barn, barn building comes in a lot of forms. And Jesus has very pointed language for this. Watch out, be on your guard. And we don't do, you know, our church is not fear-based or um, you know, we're not trying to scare anybody into anything. But the threat is very real. And, uh, you know, I, when if I loved how you researched more things about Jesus and possessions and material things and money, because listen, and I didn't, I got a no, it's, I'm not speaking because I got a bunch of negative feedback, but it's like, this ain't Adam and Morgan and friends on Facebook just making stuff up. Je- this is Je- Jesus's talk. He's straight talk. Right. And so I, I, I felt like the seriousness of this topic reflects the seriousness that Jesus is trying to convey. Watch out, be on your guard. And so to your point, we got to watch out for the messages that are subtly or overtly creeping in and we got to resist man. And to your point, that's why it's, it's so crucial to have a community brothers and sisters on the same journey so that, you know, you're not alone. Right. You're not the only one trying to swim upstream here. Anyway, I've, uh, I don't want you. I already had one sermon. I don't need another. One. <laughs> I think. Um, oh man! If you have a second, I I suggest anyone who's interested at all Google and just look for verses in the Bible about money and Jesus's teachings on money because. It's it's I mean it's the same thing over and over and It'll over, you and, over up. and and it really starts to hit home and like you said on Sunday there there aren't exclamation points in the Bible but you hear them when you read it I mean if you if you truly are reading those verses and listening to the warnings like they're there yeah you you can see it so it's it's kind of a Big, yeah, yeah, red flag, red flag. That's right, exactly. So, Uh, Debbie's got some love for you. She says you did a great job talking about being fulfilled through Jesus Christ instead of possessions. (laughs) Very difficult transition to make. That's right. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you. uh, Oh, she says, Oh, now (laughs) Carol's gonna get to meddling here. Uh, she says that one way we can reprioritize is to tie that it's the devil's playground. Some of that, uh commercials and beautiful stars uh, because you know how we'll be hooked. Um, appreciate you uh, chiming in, Carol. Well, friends, I think we're going to, we're going to sign off for the evening. Um, if you are listening to this later on an audio podcast, we're so glad you did. And uh, thank you for taking the time uh, to invest in, in digging deeper into scripture. Morgan, thank you for sharing your story. Thank uh, you. Wanted to tell the people, thank you and bye-bye and we'll head out. All right. Thanks guys. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Great job.